Aptus Leadership Podcast, Episode 103, Vision Intent. July 4th, 1776. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America when, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights... Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and institute a new government. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states and for the support of this declaration with firm reliance and the protection of the divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor wow What I just read to you is perhaps the most famous statement of intent in the history of mankind. It is the United States Declaration of Independence. It is one of the most beautiful documents that have ever been written, and it was the launching point for the nation that we now live in. And what's so cool about the Declaration of Independence is that it defined what the colonies intended to do and why they intended to do it. It was a document of action. To the point they said that they were willing to pledge their lives, their fortune, and their honor to make this happen. Man, that is conviction. And to put that on paper, to say this is what we're going to live for and this is what we're willing to die for, that's inspiring to me. We need to, we need to have such a mission in our own hearts that we're willing to live with that same conviction. I mean, that, that's something that absolutely inspires me. So I, I love this idea of leaders who have a calling sitting down and writing their intent out into a document. Uh, I gave you guys several weeks ago the 2023 pastoral intent document, and it's really setting the direction for the ministry endeavor for JFA this year. And I kind of want to explain to you a little bit of the why I wrote that, and I also want to tell you how to leverage that document for this year within your respective ministries. The idea of the vision intent was birthed from General Jim Mattis and his book, Call Sign Chaos, General Mad Dog Mattis. He, he said that he wrote the, the commander's intent, which was a one-page document outlining an intended battle plan that he would give to every single soldier in the unit. The particular case that he's talking about, they were talking about the invasion uh, into, uh, I believe it was Iraq, and he wrote out the commander's intent, this one-page document, and every single soldier in the unit, it was roughly 22,000, it, it was a full division, uh, was given the intent so that everyone was on the same page and everyone knew what needed to be done. The concept was that every single person in that unit had the same goal, and the intention was that when inevitable uh, problems arose, that everyone had the tools in order to make a decision to see that intent come to play. 
In fact, in the book, he actually put the intent there for the reader to study. And what's interesting about the intent is that it's so clearly written that the reader can understand what General Mattis wanted in that invasion. A perfect example of this is that he gave an option for a route north of a river in which they could take. He, he basically says, we want to facilitate operations north of this river, and we can either take routes 1, 7, or 6 as the situation dictates. Now, what that means is if I'm in charge of some soldiers and I get to the point in the battle where I have to choose a route, I, I now have the freedom to take routes 1, 7, or 6, depending on what looks the best from where I sit at. And the commander's already told me what he intends. He intends operations to be up there. I have the freedom to make the decision on what route I should take. And what I love about this concept is that the commander's intent allowed for decentralized leadership. Now, anyone can make a decision within the, the scope of that intent. That commander's intent also allowed for action-oriented operations. I mean, it was it was step-by-step step what they intended to do, but the actual actions associated with that were kind of left up to the soldiers to know, do I step right or do I step left in order to see this intent come to play? And the intent also allowed for operational clarity. Everyone was on the same page and they knew what they needed to be what needed to be done. So in the same spirit, I wanted to write the pastoral intent for 2023 because I want us to, to, to have decentralized leadership. I want you to be able to make decisions within the scope of the intent. I want us to be action-based in our operations. I, I don't want us just to talk in, in meetings and have theories. I want us to be taking steps, uh, and I want us to have operational clarity. I want all of us to be on the same page of what we're trying to accomplish. So what is the intent of the J First Assembly leadership team in 2023? Well, it is to fan into flame discipleship that mobilizes the priesthood to leadership. We talk about this all the time. We know from scripture that every single person who gives their life to Jesus Christ is in the priesthood of saints, meaning we're all called to serve God in some capacity. So I believe that there are some embers that are residing within the lives of the people within our church. And those embers are going to be stoked when we as church leaders start to fan the flame of discipleship in the individual person's life. When we fan that flame by, by teaching them how to encounter the presence of God, how to get equipped in discipleship, and how to engage in their purpose, then the priesthood is going to start leading within this church, within their families, within their lives, and within the communities. So our, our job as leaders in this church is to fan into flame in the, the embers in their lives by giving them action steps in a process of discipleship. You might remember we talked about discipleship, and we said that discipleship a lot of times is theoretical. Go to a class or you know, read your Bible. Well, that doesn't help me as an individual know if I'm actually following Jesus. So what are some action steps that I can take as an individual to know that I'm following Jesus? What are some action steps I can take as an individual to fan into flame the, the ember that God has placed in my life? What are some action steps we as leaders can encourage people to go on? Well, we gave 15 mile markers, five for encountered, five for equipped, and five for engaged respectively. 15 mile markers that we can use, that we can tell people about, 15 action steps that people can take to help fan to flame discipleship in their life. Let's refresh ourselves very quickly. Encounter the presence of God. What are the five action steps? Declare your faith through baptism. Make church attendance a priority. 
Have a moment with the Holy Spirit. Develop a Christ-honoring friendship. Participate in local or global missions. You'll notice every single one of those has a yes or no answer to it. Have I declared my faith in baptism? Yes or no. Have I made church attendance a priority? Yes or no. And every single one of these is action-based. We also want people to be equipped in discipleship. What are the five mile markers there? Attend next steps. Connect with a discipleship opportunity. Start a daily prayer and scripture reading practice. Grow through leadership development by engaging with an Aptus video. Lead my family in spiritual journey. Again, action steps, yes or no. Have I attended next steps? Yes or no. Am I connecting with uh, the sisterhood or the coalition? Yes or no. Again, action steps, yes or no answers. And then finally, we want people to engage with their purpose. What are the mile markers there? Become a member. Find a place to serve. Be a good steward through giving. Learn to share my testimony. Walk someone through life change. So, so I truly believe this. If we can get people to do those 15 things, to, to experience those mile markers, that the, the ember in their life is going to be fanned into flame. The question then becomes this. For us as church leaders... How do I leverage this intent? Because it's one thing for this intent to be on paper, but just as the sergeants and the captains and the majors in the army had to walk out the commander's intent in General Mattis's division, so too we have to walk out this intent in our ministries. So how do we do that? Well, I have three things I want you to think about that I think can help you leverage this intent. And the first is this, I develop what I define. If I want to develop leadership, if I want to develop discipleship, if I want to fan into flame in my ministry, then I have to define what that looks like within my ministry. This intent defines success for your ministry this year. If I want to be successful in my ministry, then I just need to champion these 15 things in the lives of the people who attend my ministry. So the question then becomes for me, is how do I make sure that the people in my ministry are, are hearing about these 15 things and experiencing one of these 15 things uh, in my ministry? Here, here's some examples of what I mean by that. Let's take one of these, for example, developing a Christ-honoring friendship. As a coalition leader, I have to have some events on the calendar that are just fun because guys develop friendships when they're having fun together. And as a pastor, it's been my observation that if I can get a man to come to a coalition event, he's going to stay in the church. Why? Because he's going to develop some friendships. And friendships foster discipleship in my life. I, I grow in Christ when I am surrounded by godly people. That's one, that's one example of what we can do as a coalition leader to develop Christ-honoring friendships. Let's take a couple more headings, a couple more mile markers. Starting daily scripture and prayer opportunities. You know, as a, as a youth pastor, I have to show the students how to pray and how to read their Bible to understand the truth. You know, the world is doing a great job at, at uh, teaching worldly values to our students. We as a church do a terrible job at teaching young people how to understand the truth from Scripture. So as a youth pastor, I have to start saying, how can I put this in front of them? How can I teach them how to daily engage uh, in prayer and in the Scripture? You know, walking someone through discipleship. That's another mile marker. You know, as a sisterhood leader, I have to make sure that I have some mature women in my ministry, that when I have a new young woman come into my ministry, that I can point her to this person, and I can go to this mature leader and say, hey, why don't you invite so-and-so? So out to lunch one day and just have lunch with them. You know, another one, declaring my faith in baptism. As a Sunday worship leader, I have to show people that the ultimate act of worship is surrendering one's life to Christ. 
Let's take another mile marker. Learn how to share my testimony. You know, as a teenager's leader, I have to understand that the people in my ministry probably have some life experience walking out discipleship with Christ and that their story matters to the people who are coming behind them. And the legacy that they're going to hand off is ultimately their testimony. You know, find some place to serve. As a kids' men leader, I have to create opportunities for kids to learn how to how to engage in the purpose that God has designed them for and that when they do that, there's joy associated with that. You see, every single one of these mile markers are applicable to every single one of the people in our ministries and your ministry is perfectly positioned to walk people through the encounter equip and engaged discipleship process however for that to actually gain traction in your ministry you have to sit down and define how your ministry is going to champion this discipleship path it's not difficult to do but it does take some intentionality it does take some time. So here's here's a simple step that you can take. Get into a room, put this intent in front of your team, start to share this intent and dream about what could happen. So if I want to if I want to champion this discipleship process and I want to develop it in my ministry, then I have to define what that looks like. The second thing I want to leave you with is this. I develop what I have experienced. I, I develop what I have experienced. You know, if I want to lead other people through discipleship, then I actually have to be a disciple myself. If I want other people to grow in their discipleship, then I have to be growing myself. This is why there's a challenge within this attempt for us as leaders to continue to grow. If I want to lead someone down the path, then I need to be leading myself first. And all of us have areas in our life which we can grow as disciples. None of us have arrived to perfection. So how am I encountering Christ? You know, when was the last time I had a moment with the Holy Spirit? How am I continually getting equipped in discipleship? Who's discipling me in this season? Who is ahead of me in the journey that is speaking into my life and championing me? You know, how am I engaging in my purpose? Who Who's the last person I led through life change? Who is the who is the personal disciple in my life that that I'm teaching them what it's like to follow Jesus? You know, when I start to experience those things, then I'm going to be able to develop those things within the people in my ministry. So, if I want to develop this discipleship path, this discipleship path, I have to define it, I have to experience it, and the third thing is this, I develop what I identify. I develop what I identify. Here, here's the truth. None of us are going to be able to lead 20 or 30 people through the discipleship process. None of us are going to be able to lead 20 or 30 people through these 15 mile markers. So I'm going to need some help. Going back to General Mattis, we have to remember why he wrote that intent. He wrote that intent because he wanted every private every corporal, every sergeant on the front line to be able to lead. He wanted his captains, his majors, his corporals to be able to lead. And so if we want to develop the discipleship process within our ministry, then we have got to have twos and threes. We have to have people under us who are who are passionate about people who are passionate about Jesus, passionate about his word. And we have to, we have to decentralize our leadership and empower them to actually help make this intent a reality within our ministry. This is why one of the standards within the vision intent for us as leaders by the end of the year is to lead no more than four people. And I know that that's a head scratcher. What do I mean by that? Well, congratulations, because next week I'll have a leadership podcast breaking that concept down more. But the big idea for today is this. I have to identify some leaders that are going to help make this happen for me. And I truly believe this. If we if we develop a discipleship by defining what it looks like, by experiencing ourselves, and by identifying people who 
who can help us in this process, then ultimately what we're going to start seeing is we're going to multiply our voices. We're going to multiply our effectiveness and we're going to see more people really follow Jesus. And you know what that means? That means that more marriages are saved. That means more people are going to heaven. That means more kids are experiencing the comfort and the joy of knowing what Jesus is for them. And that's what we are all about. We're here for life change. That is the command that Jesus gave us, go into all the world and make disciples. So I want to leave you with an action step for your own family. You know, how are you leading your family to encounter, equip, and be engaged? If I was honest with you, sometimes I'm more intentional about discipling people in the church than I am discipling my own son, and that that brings a lot of conviction in my heart. So how are you discipling your kids or your grandkids? You know, the principles and the mile markers of discipleship need to be in their life too. You know, I was thinking that one of the best days of my life was when I got the opportunity to baptize Knox, but I don't want the only spiritual mile marker that I walk out with him to be his baptism. I want some other. So we need to create some vision and tents for our family. We need to pick some mile markers for our family this year, and we need to walk those out and be intentional. Love you guys. Catch you next week.